Thanks again for being with us here in the Twins Wrap. Dick Bramer with us and uh, talking about what's happened over the weekend, Memorial Day weekend, a long weekend, brought to you by Jefferson Lions. I am Derek Hansen. And in my older age, I can be more objective. That was a, a really good ball game, even though the Twins lost 5-4 to four last night. Yeah, it, uh, a lot of interesting things happened. And, uh, you know, frankly, the Twins haven't had too many close ball games lately. So, <laughs> yeah. And uh, for a change, it was the other guys that got the big hit, but uh, the Twins put together a, a little bit of a threat against uh, Josh Hader in the eighth inning and a bigger threat in the ninth. It just came up one hit short, but uh, as you said, it was a very entertaining ball game. Yeah, and you don't expect Taylor Rogers to get touched up, but we, we almost take for granted how good he's been all season and going back to last season, too. Yeah, he gave up, uh, you know, two extra base hits, uh, which is rare for him. He's usually pretty good about limiting the damage to just singles, and it was the bottom of the Milwaukee batting order that, uh, you know, got him last night. So uh, it's just a reminder that uh, there are other good teams out there, too, and Milwaukee's got a good team, and they ended up getting the big hit late. Are we taking for granted how good, not only the starting pitching, which we were hoping would be okay, but the fact the bullpen's been pretty good, and that was the big question mark coming into 2019. Yeah, I think that uh, you know the bullpen has been among among the best in baseball, but it just doesn't have marquee names. There are some people out there in baseball who know about Taylor Rogers in part because of his success last year. Uh, but he's been really, really good. And, you know, Blake Parker has been good at the end of games, but they've got a lot of uh, relative unknowns with names like, you know, McGill and uh, Harper and and people like that. And all that really matters, of course, is not, uh, you know, how they spell their names, but the numbers they put up. And by and large, they've been really, really good this year. Yeah, the ERA has been surprisingly pretty good, and that's the good news there. And the fact that you mentioned Harper and Parker and some of these relatively new names that we've been talking about, it's nice to have this consistently because, well, the starting pitching has been pretty good, although they did have a setback just announcing today that Pineda is now going to be on the injured list for a little bit. Yeah, and uh, Devin uh, Smeltzer is going to make his Major League debut tonight. And it'll be interesting because he's very quickly risen through uh, the uh, minor league system for the Twins, and it's it's basically the pitching equivalent of Luis Arias, who's you know come up and looks like he belongs here, uh, starting the year in Double A, just a few games at Triple A, and boom, he made it to the big leagues. Well, Smeltzer has kind of followed the same path, and uh, if he looks as composed on the mound as Arias has uh, in the batter's box, then uh, he's going to be one to watch. Yeah, the Twins have had an embarrassment of riches here just as far as guys coming in and really you know, plugging in, and they've been doing the job. And when you have Mitch Garver, who is off to such a hard, hot start, and then all of a sudden he's shelled for a little while, and you're able to replace him. And Nelson Cruz isn't even in this lineup when they're hitting the ball the way they are. Yeah, I think there was some concern uh, both internally and externally as to how the Twins would uh, do without both uh, Garver and Cruz in the lineup, and they both left the lineup at about the same time. So they went out on a West Coast road trip and pounded the ball, the likes of which you know no team has ever done it in Twins history. So uh, having said all that, it'll be nice having those guys back, and uh, the sense I get is uh, it won't be much longer before both guys are back in the Twins lineup. Yeah, let's not bury the lead any longer. I mean, you've been calling Twins baseball for a long time, and have you ever seen anything like this? I mean, the thing I can th- think of when 
you know, Chili Davis and Ken Herbeck and Puck and those guys were really getting going. Brian Harper in 91, it was really fun to watch this team offensively, but consistently one through nine, I, I've never seen anything like this. And like you said, it, they are kind of history in the making right now. Well, and not just Twins history, baseball history. And uh, that's what's made it uh, you know remarkable uh, when uh, they, they clearly have gotten the attention of uh, the baseball world uh, around the country. And so more and more people are, you know, comparing them to some of the great offensive teams of all time. You know, I went up to Marwin Gonzalez a few days ago. Of course, he came from the Astros and I asked him whether he had seen anything like this. And he said, well, yeah, we kind of had this going the last couple of years with Houston. And he's right. You know, the Astros uh, got to the world series, won it, and they've been really good for the last few years because they saw or they had happened to them what hopefully is happening to this Twins organization now where, uh, you know, the lineup is just really clicking on all cylinders uh, with a lot of players who very quickly have become, you know, uh, marquee names in the game of baseball. And I can see that happening fairly quickly with this Twins team. You've got some really good players who are still fairly young. Uh, Max Kepler, Buxton, Polanco, Rosario, uh, you know, the list goes on and on. And this this could be a coming out party for the Twins organization, and uh, I'm sure a lot of fans out there would be saying, well, it's about time. <laughs> Dick Bramer with us, the Twins wrap here. We do it every Tuesday on KFGO. Derek Hansen with you. It's brought to you by Jefferson Lines. I was at a lot of graduation parties over the weekend at receptions and garages and also at the Memorial Day uh, uh, at my hometown yesterday going to that ceremony. And I think uh, almost everyone asked me, what's the difference? What are they doing offensively that's different? And can you put your finger on it? Because I can't really, other than the fact being aggressive right away in the count, I can't really put my finger on it. Well, I think they were very shrewd in deciding who they wanted to bring in uh, to the organization from the outside. There was, of course, you know, a lot of concern about the identity of this Twins team uh, with Joe Maurer not on it. It was, you know, for better or worse, it was kind of Joe Maurer and the Twins for a long, long time. Well, they were very shrewd in going out and getting players, veteran players who had won before. And you look at Nelson Cruz, Jonathan Scope in Baltimore, Nelson Cruz in Texas, Marwin Gonzalez, uh, with the Astros, C.J. Crone, part of a, uh, a winning organization last year with Tampa Bay. They all had won at one point or uh, another in their careers. Their teams had won 90 or more ball games, And so they know what it takes to win. And they brought those guys in, and immediately they were assimilated into the talent that was here. And now you've got Rosario and Polanco and the whole list of core players that the Twins had left over from last year. Uh, there's less pressure put on them because of the presence of the veterans, and it's all clicked marvelously. And, yes, Rocco Baldelli deserves, and the coaching staff deserve a lot of credit for that. All right, Dick, I want to pick up where you left off there in this next segment. We'll do that coming up, part two with Dick Bramer, the Twins Wrap, brought to you by Jefferson Lines, your number one bus experience for over 100 years, serving North Dakota and cities throughout the Midwest. I want to touch on uh, Joe Maurer and a lot of people have asked me about that. So we'll talk with Dick Bramer about that. The television voice of the Minnesota Twins. We'll wrap up the Drive Time News Hour with Jack Sunday. And then part two with Dick coming up after the CBS World News Roundup and KFGO News here on the Mighty 790 KFGO. 
Welcome back to the Twins Wrap, part of Couch Potato Radio for part two. Derek Hansen with you, along with Dick Bramer, the television voice of the Minnesota Twins. And Dick, as we are finishing up part one in the last half hour, you mentioned Joe Maurer a little bit. And it got, it got me thinking because a lot of these uh, functions I was at this past weekend, people asked about Joe Maurer. They didn't need them. And, you know, it didn't really free up a lot of salary room if you look at it, to be honest with you. If you really look at the numbers, what they were spending on payroll, it could have been a little bit more if they wanted to be there, just trying to be a little frugal. So I get bothered by the fact everyone brings up the $23 million a year salary because if you look at losing Irvin Santana, they also lost $13 million with him and a few others. So it's, I don't think the blame should not fall under Joe Maurer. Yes, he worked a count more than what we're seeing with this club, but I, I don't like saying, hey, they didn't need Joe Maurer. They're better now because Joe Maurer is not on the team. I just don't think that's the case at all. No, there are some uh, really bad contracts out there, and the Twins have had uh, probably more than their share. You didn't mention Phil Hughes's contract, Ooh, and that yeah. was much more of an albatross to this organization than Joe Mowers. Now, Joe never produced the way he did uh, after his uh, you know MVP season uh, in 2009, but he was you know for the most part on the field, and he did what Joe uh, could do physically. They had the position change, obviously from behind the plate to first base. But, uh, you know, he was a productive player you know, even last year, and I was, you know, in a sense surprised that uh, he decided not to come back because I think, I still think there was a, a lot of baseball left in him. But what the Twins have done is they have, instead of having a dominant contract, whether it's Joe Maurer or whomever, you know, they've spread their resources around a uh, little more equally, and, you know, it's all worked really well. I don't know, frankly, you know, what the next mega contract the Twins sign will be, who it will be. Uh, there are a lot of guys uh, performing at a very high level right now, and, you know, Polanco and Kepler have already been signed long-term. There might be another contract or two coming, but I don't know, you know, whether the Twins will ever, you know, uh, have a contract like Mauer's uh, that was, you know, the state of the art. It's not like they overspent. It was what the market demanded at the time. And we'll just have to see how this current group of players, uh, uh, whether it's uh, Eddie Rosario or, or Byron Buxton, somebody steps up and garners another big contract, it won't be as big as Joe's. You know, that's for sure. I think, but that's just kind of what's the trend in baseball right now, isn't it? Well, yeah. I mean, you, you, you've got a lot of really good ball players uh, past the age of 30 that are still looking for work. Uh, not the very high-end guys other than, you know, Keichel and Kimball, Kimbrell, I guess. But, you know, the money to be made now in baseball is before your 30th birthday, not afterwards. And I think that's kind of the, the template that uh, all the teams uh, have started to follow, and I think everybody else will follow that now. If you want to make uh, money in baseball and there's plenty of it to be made, you better count on making it before your 30th birthday. Yeah, I guess if your name's Trout or Harper, maybe, right? But, I mean, outside, that's going to be – it and then the drop off's going to be significant. Am I wrong on that? Or no, I don't think so. But we'll have to wait and see how this plays out here. I mean, when you've got you know MVP candidates on your team and the Twins have multiple MVP candidates on their team, uh, you're looking at uh, certainly Polanco, uh, Rosario. I mean, they've they've you know it'll be interesting to see how many Twins make it to the All Star game in Cleveland. We might be talking you know about five or six players going to the All Star game uh, representing the Twins. Well. Eventually, those guys will all have to get paid, and uh, the sentimentalist in all of us would like them to be paid by the Twins. 
Since we're talking, I'm Monty Dick Bramer with us for our Twins Wrap, sponsored by Jefferson Lines. Derek Hansen with you here on KFGO. Since we are talking about money, there was a people would ask me, boy, why did they re-sign Polanco and, and Kepler for that type of money? And I tell you, we've talked a lot about Polanco, but Kepler's kind of an underrated guy here, too, leading off and the power he's shown. Those two guys, it's really making Thad Levine and Derek Felvey look, look pretty smart signing these guys now. And it uh, validates the analytics department behind uh, both Thad uh, and Derek because they went, uh, they crunched the numbers, not the obvious numbers, not the batting average, but they looked at hard hit balls uh, and, 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 you know, uh, cast their lot with both Max and Jorge because they felt like they were cornerstone players. And, uh, you know, maybe in their situation now, some of the pressure's off and they're just going out and playing baseball. That's what you like to see happen when you secure someone to a long-term contract that they just go out and play and let their talent take over. And I think we're seeing that both with Jorge and Max. We'll see if there, again, is another contract or two coming before the end of the season. You know, because Kepler, he was a guy who, you know, he was a one of the most talked about names in the farm system for a long time, but he does so many little things. I think you know, a lot of Twins fans might even take him for granted. Well, I think in addition to the numbers that you see offensively, um, I, you know, gold glove awards are given to three outfielders, not necessarily a left fielder, a center fielder and a right fielder, but I don't think there's a right fielder in the game right now. Who's playing any better than Max Kepler. He's done a great job coming in on balls. And of course he's gotten to no target field awfully well. He's a, he's a plus plus defender in right field. And he's a big, big reason why this team has been a, a, a good fielding club so far this year. It is a, a grind here coming up in the last week of May, and then the Twins head into June. And I guess, you know, a lot of, I guess the defeatist type of Minnesota sports fan going, oh, can they hang on? I just, will they fall apart? I, I don't know if it's a, a Vikings mentality or whatever with a lot of us who share allegiances to both teams. But we are going to see how good this team is. There's five weekends in June, and they're on the road for four of them. Yeah, we've got uh, a tough schedule on this first uh, or this next road trip. A tough game tonight with the Brewers and an off day. And then uh, Tampa Bay for four. They're really good. And then three games in Cleveland. And uh, to be perfectly honest, there's a lot of pressure on the Indians to do well in that series. If the Twins simply win that series, uh, that's going to set the uh, Indians back uh, big time. They've got to start winning series, particularly the ones against the Twins. So that'll be a big series. And then uh, three games in Detroit. So it'll be a tough road trip as we get into the month of June and then, uh, you know, here we are, Derek, two, uh, two weeks into the, or two months into the season and the longest losing streak for this team is two games. And that's only happened three times. It's just been unbelievable. How well, this team has played. There will be longer losing streaks. There will be bad weeks, maybe even a bad month, but this team's pretty good and they're going to be fun to watch. Well, you can't complain about having a double-digit lead going into the uh, last week of May. It's amazing, <laughs> no. right? It really is. It's uh, you know, and a couple reasons for that. One, the Twins have taken off, and the Indians have kind of crumbled below the 500 mark, and uh, they're going to be an interesting case to study uh, moving forward because if they can't close the gap and close it rather quickly, uh, they could be going through a rebuilding phase here very quickly. Well, looking forward to tonight's game. Uh, one thing about it, the Brewers, that's a good club. I mean, this is uh, the border states here. They got a pretty good uh, couple ball clubs, and hopefully we can keep the Brewer fans out of the stadium. It looks like a lot of folks from the Dairyland have made the trip over. 
Hey, we'll, we'll, uh, the Twins will be glad to take their money and send them home with a 6-1 <laughs> defeat tonight. That sounds good. Dick, enjoy, okay. the, enjoy the evening tonight and, and be safe on the road trip. We'll talk to you soon. You got it. Dick Bramer with us, television voice of the Minnesota Twins, with us for our Twins Wrap, sponsored by Jefferson Lines, your number one bus experience for over 100 years, serving North Dakota and cities throughout the Midwest. Again, the Twins pregame show with the radio voice, uh, Corey Provis and Chris Atterbury back in the studio, Dan Gladden, live from Target Field, will begin here in just a few minutes at 6.30, 7.10 is the first pitch. This is Couch Potato Radio. We'll wrap things up. Derek Hansen with you on the Mighty 790 KFGO.